Welcome back to the Living Every Now podcast, where we try and learn the tools and ideas to lead the happiest, healthiest, and most present lives we possibly can. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. And we're happy to have you here today. Today, we're going to talk about a concept called um, failure equals opportunity. Cool. And this is more of a conversation I just wanted to bring up to you. Okay. My friend Yeah, I'm Will. excited about it. <laughs> and it comes from the premise that there's a lot of things to be fearful of in our lives. And I think a lot of the times, at least in a, in a practical sense in 2021, in, in the, I don't know, realm of today, a lot of things we fear ultimately boil down to our fear of failing. Um, this is, this is in like a first world country I'm talking about and, you know, no extraneous circumstances outside of like, like if you're listening to this podcast, you you probably are dealing with the fear of failure more than any other fear that fear that we're, that you might actually have, mm. and that that fear is someone's out there like terrified <laughs> of spiders, and they're like, no, it's spiders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> some so ultimately, what I'm getting at is that the fear of failure is something that we really shouldn't be scared of. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of talk about I don't know my journey with that and see. If it was helpful at all for people that maybe are scared to take a risk. Okay. So I guess, do you think there's a good reason why people are afraid of failing or is that a completely irrational fear? Hmm. I think there's definitely, like when we bring up this conversation, we have to bring up recklessness and caution. And I think that there's a good amount of circumstances where exercising caution is advantageous to your survival. And that's probably, and why I say survival, it's probably uh, more of a primal thing that we do to Mm -hmm. exercise caution. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why naturally things that we're scared of, like the fear of failure, make us scared. And we're we're kind of conflating the exercise of caution um, with not taking an opportunity or but possibly failing at something, but we didn't have, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we had so many circumstances where you were even scared to fail primarily like for hundreds of thousands of years. Like, I don't even know if yeah, that was a thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I think it probably is a lot more about the social dynamics. People exactly. aren't actually afraid of failing. They're afraid of being seen as a failure, right? Which is a valid fear. I feel like no one wants to be a loser. I think that's true. Um, I think it's true that that's at least a fear. What I want to impress upon today is that I've gotten so much value out of just not being like, actually I am fearful, but just saying fuck it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, not scared. I'm not fearless. I just have a really good fuck it meter and I'll like come to a scenario and oftentimes I just count to three and do it when I'm scared to fail or something like that. So I think the reason why this was important to me this week is because I was kind of reflecting and writing a little bit about it. And it dawned on me how many opportunities I'd come across and been able to take because I wasn't scared of failing and how different my life would be fundamentally if I was scared and I had letting, letting, let certain hindrances hold me back um, and let certain fears rule my life. 
So I wanted to just like touch on that, I guess. Do you, do you think that fear is, I think it can be a useful tool. Mm -hmm. I think fear can be used usefully. And I think that's when exercising caution is like a good thing. Like turning down certain alleyways at night. That's, you have a very real, I guess, good fear in that situation Mm -hmm. where you should be aware of your surroundings and you should make a better decision about your rate of survival. But I don't think failing in a public sphere is something that we should be scared of. I think it's something that should be embraced. Yeah. I think fear of failure is obviously a very specific kind of fear. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether we should treat it that much differently than other fears. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole I'm about to go down, but Okay. It definitely is a bit of a privileged place to be so lucky in life that even if we do fail, we're going to be okay. Like, yeah, we could pretty much try anything at this point in our lives. Like yeah. we're, we're 22, we're young, yeah. we have a lot ahead of us and failure won't really set us back. We don't have to be afraid of failure because even if we do fail, we're going to learn a lot from it. We're going to have that experience and it's not going to bankrupt us. We're not going to lose all of our money. We're not going to cut all ties off to any potential good future we're going to have. Right. So for us, failing is actually probably good. Failing is very good. Teach us a lot about succeeding in the long run, Mm -hmm. but we're, we're pretty lucky in that regard because there's a lot of people who can't fail because if they do fail, they're fucked for the rest of their life. Yeah, but I feel like most of the people listening to this are probably oh, sure. in, in this school, yeah. and that's why I felt like it was practical. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what's the worst situation is wanting to do something and not doing it out of fear of failure. Hmm. So maybe you wanted to try a new hobby or you wanted to try, you know, really go out on a limb and try a certain thing. Like maybe you wanted to start a blog or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like it can be intimidating to start, but everybody starts at that point. Everybody that has a blog started at that point where they were like, I don't know if I should start a blog. Should I start a blog? And I'm like, China, I want to kick people off the fucking cliff. Well, I don't even, I think people don't even know what it means to fail in that regard. So if mm. you just think about it for a little bit, like you can't fail at having a blog. Yeah. Cause like the worst thing that happens is no one reads it, which is like not even really failing. It's just not succeeding. There's a lot of things that we're afraid of that don't even have fail states. Right. Like yeah. You, you can't fail at having a blog. Well, okay. So this, this is why this topic even came up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently interviewing and this person had asked me a time I failed and learned from it. Interviewing for a job, right? Yeah. Interviewing for a job. Pardon. Okay. Yeah. And he asked me, you know, name a time I failed and you overcame it. And my mental vocabulary and mental dialogue with myself is so geared around failure being an opportunity to learn and viewing failure as learning or, or it's not even a fail state to me. It's just more information. It's data for me to overcome and be better because Mm -hmm. that I had a very hard time answering that question on, on the spot. And I, even, even upon reflection later, 
I had a hard time answering that question because I didn't, it's hard for me to view many things in my life as a failure, like a fat failure. And I don't think we actually have that many opportunities in our life where it is a straight failure. And I think that's really cool. I think that's a product of a lot of our environment and the luxuries of today and our opportunity. But that being the case, like we need to stop being scared of failure and we need to start just viewing it always as a learning opportunity. And I don't feel uh, disillusionment by saying that. Like I don't feel like I was lying to myself at all or anything. But I, I find that I find that tool to be actually very helpful in helping me be more a more resilient person and also being the kind of person that just counts to three and does things when they're scared mm. and and feels like they can overcome certain instances. And like I was saying, my life is sort of predicated on decisions that I had to rise to the occasion and just be brave for a second or, or personal braveness. And I'm so grateful that somewhere along the line, I picked that up to just take a shot and go for it. Yeah. I think a lot of this is weirdly semantic and it mm-hmm. all comes down to how you word your goals. So if your goal okay. is to start a blog, as long as you have one blog post, you've succeeded and after that, you can't fail. Yeah. But if your goal is to have a blog with 100,000 viewers by the end of the month, that definitely is something you can fail at. And yeah, that failure doesn't necessarily teach you anything because it's more of a binary thing. Like you, yeah. you did it and then you failed and that is a fail state. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of value in, I think, being intentional about the way you phrase your goals in a way that makes any possible failures a learning experience versus any possible failures just failing. I think that's a really good point because I don't think I have very many goals that are quantitative. I try to make as many goals possible based off of my, only my input. I do. This is the face I'm giving him that's like, really? Is that how, <laughs> is that what you actually think? No, I really do. Okay. I, I do. I, as, I would disagree, but okay. I have, that's why everything is... Like I don't feel bad about things. Like I didn't have any I didn't have any ideal streams for my album when I dropped it. I just was proud to put out an album. That makes sense? Yeah. No, like, no, I, I get what you're saying. And like I know we've had discussions about yeah, this yeah, yeah. and I know what you're getting at. But those things to me are fundamental. Like they're just fucked up in my head, I guess, to where like they're not based on outward stuff. <laughs> they're literally based off like I'm I'm so privileged and so lucky in my mind that I think I can do it and it's all based on my own effort. <laughs> Whatever. So to be a white male in, in America is really the point of this episode. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what I think a really important point that I'm kind of coming across as I, uh, I'm reading obstacles the way right now too, which I think is just a really important point in your own personal development and like par- kind of parsing through difficult things in your life. I feel like fear is another one of those things. And I feel like we're always going to get scared. And I feel like failure is sort of inevitable at some point, or mm-hmm. at least an inflection point where you can either learn or you can get worse from. Mm-hmm. So if failure is not inevitable at some point, you're probably not trying hard enough. Yes. And I, and I, I totally, in- I want people to be encouraged to fail and like Eric Rye's startup fail fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not privy to that concept, uh, Eric Rice writes the lean startup and one of his main principles in the lean startup is failing as fast as you can as a business with 
with goals that are actually failable, like you're saying, mm-hmm. so that you learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Yeah. So he has a concept called fail fast. So that's what that's about. But what I was getting at is that, and with the obstacles, the way stuff is that failure is a step to me at this point. And this is, this is from me. It's not a finality. Thus, every failure presents an opportunity to learn and grow. Okay. So if we, if we, my, my kind of thought process about this is that if we can rework our brains to view failure as not only a step for being better, a hurdle for improving ourselves, but, and, and not a finality, but it's inevitable, like failure is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You can kind of run at it head on and, and seek those opportunities because what they are are opportunities. They're not, they're not roadblocks. They're opportunities for you to be a better version of yourself at the end of the day. I think from every failure, as long as you come in with a humble mind, you can be a better version of yourself every single time. So do you think that it's a good thing or a bad thing that you couldn't come up with a failure in that interview? Like the fact that you don't see it as failure. Uh-huh. Well, there are opportunities in my mind. Like yeah. I've been learning the but whole if time. You, if you never acknowledge them as a failure explicitly, does mm-hmm. that hinder your ability to learn from them? I don't do you think like the negative emotion that we get from failing. Mm-hmm. I personally think that's really important because yeah. you learn more from it if it hurts. I can I can see where it's been... I, I, yeah, I can see where you're, where you're coming from. I think that's really important at some level. I just kind of in, in, in the environment he asked me and I wasn't sort of ready to answer that because I don't know, I get a lot of value out of just viewing it as a learning opportunity too. Yeah. It just, I just don't have the, it has to be both. Yeah. I guess I just don't have the inner dialogue that says that was a failure there's not very many yeah. negative connotations. And again, my, I think that just goes back to how you phrase your goals. Exactly, yeah. But I think it is important to phrase your goals in a way that there's a 50% chance that you have a fail state that feels like failure. Right. Like, I, I think that if you don't have that, if your goals kind of like are never truly achievable because you don't actually know what it means to succeed, you don't actually know what it means to fail, like... I'm going to call you out here a little bit, like being the best musician in the world. Yeah. That you cannot by definition reach that because right. that doesn't actually mean anything. So right. you can't ever fail, but you can't, you also can't ever succeed. So right. it's, it's hard to point that compass of your life towards that thing mm-hmm. because as you get closer, it just becomes muddy. Um, yeah. And you're, you have the benefit of like never feeling like a failure because you can't by definition ever fail. I think an important like public caveat to that that I should specify is that I want to be the best musician in the world, but I think being the best version of myself as a musician will be the best version, best best musician in the world. When I say that, when I say that comment, and it's it is completely based on myself. I can't control what the public thinks of me. Whatever, I just assume I'm lucky enough to have reached all those things, and I think assuming that is a good thing because you'll never know if you're lucky enough or not if you didn't at least try. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try. (laughs) You're delusional. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crazy, (laughs) but I'm going to try hard. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to try and be the best version of myself I possibly can be. And I'm going to give, I want to be the best possible all around artist, musician, whatever engineer, producer that Jacobs Blue can possibly be. 
And I think that would be pretty darn good. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, but have you have you ever? Um, I I was kind of sort of struggling to how to make something like this a little bit more actionable for other people. Um, I want I want it to be at the end of the day, uh, but I was kind of reflecting with my mom. Even I asked her, and she was like, "There wasn't really a time where." I don't think you were necessarily crippled by fear. You kind of always just jumped into things. Now, I don't think that's very helpful. I was wondering if you have ever experienced a moment where you maybe were scared to start something new. Now, I've always been scared to start things. I've always been scared, but I just said, fuck it. I just said, I'm going to go for it. Hmm. I never said no because I was scared. I think for me... There's a lot of times where I didn't realize I was scared until after the fact. I didn't realize I was avoiding something mm. because I guess my brain is really good at hiding the things I'm secretly avoiding. Mm-hmm. So there was an experience in college where I was interviewing for a position and I just completely fell flat on my face. Like the interview went so horribly mm. and like I was stuttering the whole time i was hyperventilating i just completely crashed under the pressure of these people inspecting me mm-hmm. and i was i was pretty humiliated about it honestly okay. um and i kind of after that shunned like any jumping into any other opportunities because subliminally i was afraid of failing again right but it didn't feel like i was afraid of failing i felt confident i felt you know, cocky almost bit, but Mm. that was just my brain coping with it. And it kind of became an arrogance where like, I'm too good to even apply for these positions. Uh, But really I was just afraid. Yeah. Um, And for me personally, that happens a lot when it comes to vulnerability. Like I, I think I'm secretly a little bit afraid to be vulnerable with people. Uh And I rationalize that as a, hyper-rationalist idiot, basically, yeah. as me trying to get rid of my ego. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have to be vulnerable or I I don't want to make things about me. And I tell myself that it's because, like, things are not about me. I'm trying to deflate my own ego. But in reality, it's it's just, I guess, fear of shame, fear of vulnerability. So it's kind of hard sometimes to know what it is you're afraid of. I think, I think that's true a lot of the time. I think that's why, I mean, we'll probably, we'll probably have another episode about this, but journaling is important and figuring yourself out is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, but thanks for sharing that. I know you're being vulnerable by saying that. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely getting better at the vulnerability piece. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've failed in public speaking before for sure, but I feel like another important part of this conversation is when you actually put yourself out there and you actually fail, you find out it's really not that bad. Like at the end of the day, you were humiliated for mm. humiliated for a bit, mm-hmm. but you still move. Like you like still work. You you can still you can still like <laughs> yeah. I didn't die. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you feel though. Like your brains are tricky. Mm-hmm. Our brains will make you feel like you're gonna die if you fail at this public speaking event. Mm-hmm. Like or yeah, there's been some times where I was like, maybe it'd be better to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> than be embarrassed as much as I'm embarrassed. Exactly, right now. and that's that's. You know, that's just like the tricky thing that our brain does. And I feel like that's probably the primal part of survival that mm-hmm. kind of influences that decision for us. But when you 
I guess it boils down to practice and putting yourself out there more and more too yeah. at the end of the day. But when you actually fail, you actually eat shit. You actually don't land the trick. You fucking throw an interception. You fucking bomb your stage performance. It's just like life goes on. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. So mm. what's worse, and I can I promise this every single fucking time, is that not taking the shot, not throwing the pass for risk of interception, not doing the performance for risk of bombing it, not applying for the job for, mm-hmm. for risk of not doing. There's there's just this crazy concept that has proven so much for me in my life where you don't really I guess you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say, you, you don't know unless you ask. That's another concept that's really helped me, but it's really the ca- same concept is, yeah. you know, shoot a shoot. You got to shoot, man. If you, if you really want to live a life that's fulfilling, I think at least for me, this is part of my matrix is I got to, I got to stay shooting. I got to stay trying to be better than I was. And if I can't fail and if, if it isn't a little scary, then I'm not like you were saying at the beginning of this episode, it's not really uh, something worth doing even. Yeah. I don't know. It, it makes sense after the fact always. But yeah. A lot of the yeah. times, like in my example, I didn't know that I actually wanted to, to get this position or, or whatever, because the fear was not manifesting itself as I'm afraid of this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to, what to tell people in that regard. Like if you, Find yourself with a maybe subliminal contempt for something that you can't truly rationalize. That probably means you're afraid of it. Mm. Um, at least for me, that's true. Like I actually was, I sent you a podcast and I was listening to a podcast with Jordan Peterson and Jocko Willink. Yeah, so good. And one of the things that Jordan Peterson said was that you you have to avoid like unwarranted contempt for things you don't understand Mm. because it probably means you're afraid of them because you don't understand them. And for me, that's definitely true. I don't know about you. I think that's true. I don't think I have a lot of contempt, but I, again, I think, well, it's not again. I didn't say it yet. (laughs) I was was thinking that's what you're talking. (laughs) Um, I think what you're kind of saying is illuminating my own feigning of self-awareness. If that makes sense. No, like, that doesn't make sense. What? Like you're kind of making me realize that maybe there's more opportunities that I'm scared that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. If, if it doesn't like, I don't like, want to, the, the, there's definitely things that you're afraid of that you don't know you're afraid of. Exactly. And you're, so like you're I, avoiding them subliminally. Like I've come on this podcast and I have started this podcast out by saying like, I'm not scared of anything. I jump into everything. I struggle with figuring out where mm-hmm. I fail. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, I, I I just know that coming away from this conversation, I'm going to look at where my fears are placed a lot more um, acutely mm-hmm. and give it more attention. I've genuinely, I've, I genuinely, generally, generally, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely, really, genuine and generally. Yeah, okay, I cool. mean both. Okay. I generally feel pretty uninhibited. Or un, uninhibited. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm struggling today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I generally feel pretty uninhibited and honestly feel like I bust in the room in most instances. 
you're really good in social situations. I'll give you that. Thank like you. you're not afraid of being vulnerable with people. You're not afraid of, uh, I guess, connecting with people. Like you're definitely not afraid when it comes to social interactions, which what is why it makes sense that you're less afraid of failure than most people. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I also am nervous. I just count to three and do it. Okay. <laughs> like, 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 I'm like not, give me a time you were nervous. I'm not not nervous. Like, like, give me an example of sometime you've you've counted to three and it like, you were afraid, but whatever. You know, you said fuck it, your fucking meter, whatever. I met this girl on a plane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The Maha Club, baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I met this girl on a plane. She was really cool. And I wouldn't have talked to her unless I had counted to three and started the conversation. But I wanted to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my most socially anxious moments are when I'm talking to a girl. Okay. So it's just to be completely vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> and I don't... I, yeah, I just get nervous around girls. Like, I think they're pretty. I'm like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you you walk around and talk and stuff. Like, what do you do? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, but I was I was just a little nervous to talk to her, and I counted the three and talked to her, and I ended up having a great conversation. We talked the entire plane ride and made a new friend. Cool. It was a it was a great time, and um, I don't like keep in touch with her per se, but I loose I loosely. I, w- I don't feel weird about reaching out to her. Yeah, like it was a it was a new friendship I was able to earn, and ultimately. That creates more luck for myself. I realized that. And that motivates me a lot to get out of my comfort zone too. And I like, I really like when I get this feeling because I know I'm doing something that's hard for me. Okay. If that makes sense. Like I, I like the signal in my brain that makes me feel like I have to count to three even before I do it. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is a new, like I'm about to, I might fail. Like yeah. this is, this might be scary. <laughs> so, it, so it's like a good indicator that I'm doing something that's challenging and that I should keep doing like I, the fundamental assumption is that doing challenging things are good for me and yeah. in my life they prove to be so I I seek that a little bit I seek uh, discomfort in a little bit of a way hmm. what I, about you have you have you ever done something like that I've never talked to a girl now um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the county of three <laughs> no not really do you have any mechanisms for like getting over that hump, the the flinch of doing something you're scared to do? Um, I think once I realize that I'm afraid of it, <laughs> we have the loudest dryer machine of all time. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> uh, but once, once I realize I'm afraid of something, I'm pretty good at getting over it. Like, how does that work for you? Like, how do you well, diffuse fear? Do you, do you sort of like hyper-rationalize it and like write down like, this is why I'm scared. This is why I shouldn't be scared. Here's some steps to like get rid of this fear. I don't know. It just is sometimes fun. Like I've, I've been skydiving. I was terrified of that, uh-huh. but ended up doing it. It was a lot of fun. I got into paragliding and solo paragliding is terrifying. Like you just jump off a cliff with a basically a <laughs> kite on your back and you're just like, okay, here we go. That's sick, dude. Um, so I I would say my tolerance for things that I know I'm afraid of is pretty high. Uh, I don't have any like specific mechanisms for getting yeah. over them though. For for me, it's definitely the things I don't know I'm afraid of that I'm, I'm I guess, most afraid of. I guess I really wouldn't call this fear again, but sometimes I get sort of overwhelmed or nervous about my future or something. And mm-hmm. I turn to 
I turned to a, sort of a hyper rationalization. I was kind of making fun, but that's what I do sometimes just to get over more of like a macro fear. It's yeah, not like so what's the worst that could happen. Yeah. It's not so specific mm-hmm. when I'm outlining like a new chapter that I might step into or something like that. Okay. I will sort of, I have a lot of tools to just parse through information and figure out that maybe I shouldn't be scared of this at all in the first place. Maybe this isn't scary at all. Maybe I'm just fucking worried about what people think or something. Mm. Um, so actually, right before we started recording this, yeah. my dad sent a link in our family group chat oh, yeah. to this thing called Fuck Up Nights. Okay. And it's basically a club of people who share their failures publicly uh, or their failures about business situations, basically. How about that? And it's like a business acceleration tool. And like once a month, their chapter will get together and they'll have three or four people get up there and really break down the way that they failed Uh and I think it's a really cool idea to learn from other people's failures publicly and kind of demystifying this idea of failure and accepting failure truly as just a learning experience. Yeah. Wow. A lot of it kind of is cultural. Like it is like the social, like failing in the social sphere versus failing without any sort of public accountability is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, failing when people see you fail is a whole different ball game. Like mm-hmm. putting yourself out there for other people to watch you succeed or fail and then failing or succeeding, they both have much more impact either way. You know, people you're you're shifting public perception, but ultimately you have to be you can't get caught up in either, I think. I think it's important not to get caught up in public success and public failure. I think they're both sort of meaningless. Like uh, well, how you think about yourself is the most important aspect mm-hmm. of that conversation. I think there's a interesting asymmetry there. Sometimes you'll feel something as a failure, but no one else will, will actually be paying attention. That's true. But sometimes it's the other way around. Like <laughs> the, the public will think you've really, really failed, but uh-huh. you don't feel like you failed at all. Like uh, Jeff Bezos with the Amazon Fire phone. Like everyone was like crapping on it. Like, oh, this phone totally failed. Yeah. But for him, he was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like we, we failed. He didn't take it personally at all. That's his business model is trying stuff and failing. Yeah. I think that like Eric Rice argues that it's, super critical to fail as a business because I think, or at least try things and fail as a business, because I think that that learning opportunity, at least if you have the capital when you're being, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to be a more sustainable brand is much harder. But when you have capital like Jeff Bezos, I would be doing the same shit. I would be trying, Mm -hmm. I would be throwing money at everything just to see what works. Mm -hmm. Cause at the end of the day, 1% optimization for Amazon is hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And that, that's that, that's crazy. So if they can if they can get one new product off the line, basically if they spend less than hundred a million hundred million dollars, they're going to make money off of that new idea because it's less than one percent optimization or whatever. If you if you just did that quick math, but I'm not doing quick math over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> not happening. Um, I think what you were saying though about the public perception, and back to what I was saying, I think it ultimately matters how you perceive it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think at least like I think in this conversation, acknowledging that it is failure can be really important. I I guess I just don't call it semantically failure in my mind, but I realize that it's an inflection point. And for, for you to realize that it's an inflection point, I think is really important and that you can either kind of be hurt by it and be a lesser of a person. You can either, you can be non-affected by it or you can be in the top percent of people that be better because they were hit this inflection point. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that 
I would try and do everything in my power to be one of those people that gets better because of inflect that inflection point. And just, I don't, I feel lucky to have that opportunity and tool set to do that in my own life. And I wish I had more evidence for how to like replicate that in other people because I want to give everybody that tool set, but I'm really grateful. Uh, there's like, there's so many crazy opportunities in my life that I could have been scared to take that I wasn't. And I think they would have, I might think my life is fundamentally different and better because of those opportunities. So that's, cool. that's it. Failure equals an opportunity to be better yeah. than you were yesterday. Definitely. And where can they find us, young Philian? Well, we are on the internet at <laughs> liveinevernow.com. And uh, Twitter and Instagram, our handles liveinevernow. We have a Discord channel. Come check it out, hang out. Yeah. And uh, thanks for being here this time. We'll see you next time. Bye.